Hey guys, welcome to Practical Biz Podcast, where we are here to educate, motivate, and celebrate your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, Erica Sicoccio, Customer Acquisition and Retention Specialist, with 23 years in the trust and people building business. Practical Biz is here to help entrepreneurs from startup to the most seasoned business owners with levels of tips, stories, and strategies to increase your sales, create brand loyalty, while making a positive impact in your community. Hi, welcome to Practical Biz. This is Erica Sicoccio. I am on location today for the first time, so exciting, at the office of Anthony Ritchie, CPA, uh, who is an amazing CPA, as I know he is my CPA as well. Um, So I'm going to give him a minute to introduce himself and tell you a little bit about what they do here. And then we're going to dig into uh, the best accounting tips to get your 2022 um, off uh, ending strong and 2023 off to a good start. Thank you very much, Erica. It's always a pleasure seeing you with that bright, smiling face of yours. God bless you. Um, We're a local CPA firm. We've been in practice for 32 years. We're located right here in Warwick, Rhode Island, and uh, we service the majority of our clients are small to medium-sized businesses, uh, all closely held businesses. Basically, they're one, two, three, four-owner businesses, Um, and they have employees located here in Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Mass., most of them are either service-type businesses, manufacturers, retailers, and or professionals. Okay. It runs the gamut. Awesome. Well, most of our listeners are definitely service-based for sure. Um, so when I first work with uh, uh, folks at the coaching uh, program, a lot of them will come in and they're like looking for guidance. So today we like to ask you, what are the things that you wish that your clients would know before they come here? Before they oh enter your doors. <laughs> There's so much to know out there, right? Because most of the clients, the most of the new clients who come in uh, say, gee, Anthony, isn't there a book or isn't there a list? Isn't there a checklist of everything I need? And, and unfortunately, the answer is no, because it's so diverse to every business itself. So every business is so unique where there is no checklist to say, okay, if I'm a restaurant, this is everything you need to do as far as licenses and regulations and permits and accounting and taxes and regulations and healthcare and health department licenses. Uh, or if you're a manufacturer, there, there is no comprehensive list. So the best thing you can do is sit down with your tax advisor, sit down with your CPA before you go ahead and jump the gun. Uh, one of the best things you can do is sit down, have a nice discussion, where you want to go, what, t- what type of business you want to get into, the reason why you want to get into it, and, uh, and, and the, probably one of the most critical things is to come in with a business plan, come in with a business model, come in with what you think your business model you would like to achieve, and some realistic expenses. Don't come in and say, oh, gee, Anthony, I, uh, we need a business plan. Because uh, why? Well, because the bank requires one. Well, don't have a business plan because the bank requires one. Have a business plan because this is your future. You're putting everything on the line. You know, most of these businesses that we deal with, they're putting everything on the line. Home equity loans, they're borrowing off of credit cards, they're borrowing off of family members, and their entire life is at stake financially. Um, so they need to take it seriously and and try to get the right advice from the right CPA. Yeah. Um, so that that is great business advice. And one of the things we often talk about is putting your A team together, which is having a great CPA, having a great insurance company, and having a great banker. And if you have those three people on top of a well-developed business plan, 
chances are you're going to succeed, right? That's right. Um, so let's talk about choice of entity. We'll segue right into that as people are starting to develop these business plans or developing a business. Let's talk about entities, why, and the details of that. Sure. And to that A team, you need to add the A stands for attorney. Attorney, So you yes. need to have the attorney on the you A team correct. as well. You are correct. Okay? Um, because uh, we want to make sure that everything we do is is good. Because whatever you do in the in the inception, you it could either re, you could either later regret it or you could it could later help yes, you. Yes. Okay. Um, so as far as choice of entity, right? One of the biggest questions we get is, "Gee, Anthony, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be starting up a business, and I, I've been reading online because everybody reads online, which is good, right? right? Read online, go out there, get the information, fill yourself with a lot of knowledge, and then what happens? You're going to get a lot of conflicting knowledge." So you're really not going to know which is the right choice of entity for you and your business in particular. Uh, right now, there's a lot of choices out there, right? You can be a sole proprietorship. You can become an LLC. You can become an S corporation. You can become a C corporation. And an LLC, a lot of people come in and they say, oh, Anthony, I'm an LLC. That's good. What type of an LLC are you? Well, what do you mean? I'm an LLC. Well, an LLC can be taxed in one of five different ways. Wow. Right? So an LLC could be taxed as a multi-member LLC, a single-member LLC, a C corporation, an S corporation, or a disregarded entity. So you've got five different choices wow. that an LLC could be taxed. So a lot of times what we'll see is um, we'll see an LLC, and they may, tax, they may check the box as a corporation because they incorporated themselves before they came to see us or before they went to see their attorney. Yep. So when they check that box, that will then determine what type of entity they chose to be taxed as, as an LLC. And that may not always coincide with the federal ID number that they get at the IRS. Because a lot of times if they went in and just got their federal ID number and got, in, it got organized at the Secretary of State's office, now all of a sudden they're, they're t- the two of them are conflicting. They probably told the IRS, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a, s- a single-owner LLC. And they probably checked the box in the Secretary of State's office that said I'm a corporation. Well, now the two are not in sync. So now we have to undo and we have to fix all that. Uh, so please, just if they come in early, if you discuss things, the easiest thing to do is to get organized as an S corporation or an LLC in the state of Rhode Island. You can do it online. It'll probably take you 20 minutes. Or you can get the right advice, sit down with the attorney, have a conversation with the attorney, have a conversation with us, um, and, and, and get, ask the, get ask the right the questions. advice. Ask you know, I think when you look online and you get all of the uh, like you said, conflicting information. I do think the benefit of is it it will it will prompt you to ask questions you didn't know to ask, right? right? So you'll be like, I saw this, I saw that. What does it mean? How does it apply to me? Um, and then also with the federal ID number, what do you recommend if somebody has they've applied for a federal ID number and it hasn't come in? How long does that take? Um, yeah. So yeah, like what happens? And that's with that another process? great question uh, because that <laughs> that federal ID number generally it's quick. And it's real time. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a client of ours who uh, organized as a single-member LLC. All right, nice little single-member LLC. They did it themselves. Then they, uh, they couldn't get the federal ID number, so they came to see us. Well, it took us a week and a half through correspondence back and forth to get that federal ID number from the IRS. Something that they did in the application process mm-hmm. bounced, okay. and, and, and we could not get that federal ID number. She couldn't get it online herself. And it took us a week and a half to get that federal ID number. Um, but the federal ID number, when you obtain the federal ID number, you have to make sure that you fill out the paperwork correctly. Because everybody thinks, oh, I'll just get a federal ID number. 
but it has to be in sync with what you want to do. Yeah. Now, let's say, for example, you're an S corporation or you're an LLC. Do you have employees? Do you not have employees? How many employees do you have? When do you expect to have employees? So the, the choice that you make in the beginning could save you thousands of dollars in that initial year and going forward. Yeah. And I think, too, one of the things is if you truly believe in what you're doing, you expect to succeed set yourself up for growth already, right? If you, you know, right. I think a lot of people are like, well, uh, I can do that later, I do that later, but like, just set yourself up right now. Yep. If your right. plan is that you're going to grow your place from one person to 10, or your plan is from 10 to 200, set yourself up just right the first time. Saves mm. you time, energy, money, right. all of those Just like things. building a house, Erica. You yeah. know what I mean? When you build a house, if that foundation is strong and it's square yep. and it's level, well, you can build from there. Yeah. So it's the same thing as setting up a business. If your LLC or S corporation is set up correctly, if your tax ID number matches that correctly, if your chart of accounts and your accounting records match that correctly, you can build. You can scale from there. Yeah. But when it's haphazard, then you run into issues. So that was a great segue. Um, so let's talk about why bookkeeping is essential. Oh, okay. Right? That's near and dear to my heart. Let's talk about that. All right. Near and dear to my heart, right? Because... Um, Running a business, how do you run a business if you don't have information that you can rely on, right? Because running a business is, is a lot about your gut, but the numbers need to support what your gut is telling you. If your gut telling you that you made money, well, then all of a sudden you need to be able to look at your books and records, print out a financial statement, and and see whether or not that, that agrees with what you think you're doing in business. And understand that financial report, right? If you exactly. don't... That's where you go see your CPA if you don't, and say, you sit down with us and, yeah. and, and say, you know what, I, I I don't know, I don't understand how to read this. Yeah, we'll be more than happy to. You know, we do a lot of explaining, uh, as far as sales, cost of sales, gross profit, operating expenses, uh, overhead costs, uh, we, we, and it doesn't matter. We explain those to new businesses, yep. and we've explained those to clients of ours who've been in business for thirty years. Yeah. So there's a, a few folks that I, I that I know that are fairly new. They're I under six months old. I'm like. Do you have do you have QuickBooks? Do you have any software? Do you? Well, no, I, I just have everything on paper. I'm like, stop doing that. <laughs> the yeah. end of the year is literally in oh. eight weeks. Get some kind of software. Get your sales in there. Get your receipts in there. You know, get get something ready so that you're not walking in with, oh, here's my notebook and you know, <laughs> pile of papers, right? As um, Frank Sinatra put it, the end is near. Yeah, right. So don't <laughs> do that. December 31st is our, coming our, quick. Our, our advice is don't do that. The other thing too is that, um, you know, data really does drive your business. Um, and so you're able to, like you said, your gut, but you're able, if you look at your reports on a regular basis, you're able to see what items are making you money. Well, items are not, right? This is what big businesses know. They pull reports very, very regularly, That's right? right? That's and they right. say, oh, nope, this product doesn't work. Slice the price, get it off our shelf, what's going to come right. on and what's going to turn, That's right. right? So you have to understand that. And then also businesses that had their stuff together during COVID were able to get PPP money quick. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. If you didn't have your stuff together, you either had a delay or you you just couldn't get it, right? So it's those things that unforeseeable situations that you don't know about. Or God forbid, someone in your business gets sick and you now are, have to sell, right? And you weren't expecting that, right? COVID just made us think about exactly. that, right? Exactly. A key person could pass and the family says, all right, we're going to get rid of this business. If your books are not clean and ready to go and someone comes in to value your business, you're not going to get a proper valuation, 
right? So this is why having bookkeeping uh, is is so important yeah. uh, for the accounting you know, process, you know? And as far as the bookkeeping is concerned, uh, we had a client of ours who's probably been in business for 30, 35 years. Uh, he, he has a full-time uh full-time bookkeeper there. And uh, he said, no, nah, you email Anthony because somehow or another, why does this profit and loss statement say that we're losing money? For the last two months, yep. July and August, lost money. And, and, and he doesn't understand why because business is, business is there. Um, but what happens is the, the, the way the accounting system was set up years ago, there was so much detail in that accounting system where you really couldn't see the big picture. So what happens is sometimes when you have an accounting system that's so detail-oriented, yep. you really if you can't see the big picture. So you have to step back a little bit and analyze things a little differently. So we analyzed January through August for this client and just come to find out that January through June, his gross profit was at a nice fixed number. Then all of a sudden, July and August came around and his, and his cost of goods sold doubled as a percentage. Yep. Right, everything's percentages, right? So cost of goods sold doubled. It went from about 30% to 60%. And that's why he lost money for the last two months, and he can't figure it out because the sales are there. His operations are still there. He's still got the same employees, the same everything. Yep. But little by little, those materials that, he's, that he uses in, in his manufacturing process crept up so quick yeah. in July and August where he lost $10,000, $12,000 a month. Yep. For two months in a row. Mm -hmm. and, and now all of a sudden, he's panicking. Why? He knew enough to look at the bottom line, okay? He didn't know how to read them fully because they were too complicated yeah. the way they originally designed them before they were our clients. But they were, they were so so complicated where he couldn't really see why, but he knew that the bottom line had parentheses on them. And when that bottom line has brackets on them, probably things aren't good. Yeah. You know? But it took me a couple of hours. I analyzed that, sent it to him back. I said, well, there's your problem. Your problem is your cost of goods sold doubled. Which means that for every dollar you took in, it used to cost you thirty cents for the materials. Mm -hmm. Now it costs you sixty cents for the mm -hmm. materials. So I ran a whole break-even analysis for yeah. him, and I told him that is, he's got to increase his price by twenty-five percent yeah. in order to maintain the same profit margin. But just a, that's how why it's important to have a good CPA on your team yeah. and good bookkeeping numbers. And I think that that is probably going to be um, that that example is going to be for all of us. Huge, right? Huge. When inflation, um, the, way, way, the way it's even, running. We, inflation and then even just wages in the last 12 months, right? right. Somebody who was making $13 an hour now makes 17 yep. right? That yep. that grossly affects. And if you're in a minimum wage type environment yeah. where you have a lot of minimum wage people, and even if you don't, mm -hmm. uh, with the pay increases coming and the cost of living coming. Nobody, nobody's paying minimum it, wage because no one can get anybody to work at minimum wage. That's right. So that's right. you're at minimum wage. So you're paying wage. over minimum, minimum wage, yeah, but now you're paying more than that as well because yeah. of the, the cost increase is coming. Listen, every January 1st, yeah, I think minimum wage is yeah. going up, right? Every year since I've been in business. Every year, yep. Every now I year. think it's at 12 and a quarter, and I think that's going to mm -hmm. go up come January. We're going to be at $15 an hour. When, I, when I purchased my school, it was $7 an hour. Wow. Yep. Wow. I've only been in business 14 years. Imagine that. It's doubled. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. So, But um, you're right, though. Having a good set, of, yeah. good set of bookkeeping, a good set of numbers, a, a, a good team together. Um, the PPP funding was the quickest funding we have ever, ever seen. seen. We've been in business for 32 years. Quickest amazing. funding I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing. If you had your numbers together. Because yeah. you had to be able to prove that just your, your, yeah. your sales decreased. How do yeah, you prove absolutely. it if you don't have the good numbers? <clears throat> well, in, in some businesses like childcare, we were shut down. We didn't even have a choice. Right? Easy, the governor said, you're closed. Pulling your, <laughs> pulling your license. There was no dispute. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, we're talking about putting things together. Let's talk about software for a minute. Right? I'm brand new. I, I've never had QuickBooks training. 
where do I go? What are the software? What what are your recommendations? Okay. So QuickBooks isn't uh, uh, the top of mind with every business owner just because they do good at marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, QuickBooks, one of the leading financial accounting softwares out there, Mm -hmm. has grown as fast as they did as good as they are because they invest so many dollars into their product to keep making it better and better mm-hmm. and better, right? So we're, we're the largest QuickBooks Pro Advisor in the state of Rhode Island. And the reason why we are is because it's a hell of a good product. And the reason why that product is so good, they're constantly updating that product to keep yeah. it leading edge. We used to support half a dozen other software companies out there. And we, uh, and we still support probably one or two others out there. But QuickBooks by far probably has, uh, I'm assuming, 85 to 95% of the small business market. Yeah. Quick well, books, they're, quick innovative. Books online. They're, they're innovative. They're innovative. And they, and they stay connected with their consumer. They stay connected and they, yeah. and they, they, they put a lot of money back in to constantly make that product better. Yeah. Years ago when I first started off, there was software that was better than QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens is they didn't continue to stay innovative. Yep. They didn't develop their product. They didn't put enough money into, into research. And now their products, you don't even you don't even know what they are anymore. Yeah. Okay, that's how far along it's come. But, but something like QuickBooks, it's a subscription-based model. It's QuickBooks in the cloud or desktop. Either one is a subscription-based model now. Um, money well spent, but you need to understand how to use it. Once you understand how to use it, the information you're love getting it. from it will help you make your management decisions, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you love know, it. I you, love you those need, reports. You need to use it to run your business. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, they're pretty easy to understand, those reports, especially if you use the image ones because some people are very imagey, right? That's right. right. So you can just very... pull up your dashboard and it shows you yeah. green, red. Green, green. Red, right? It doesn't get better right? than that, does the, it? No, but you got your little wedge pie, right? Yeah. Breaks it down for you. How much money is on rent? How much is on wages? Yeah, I mean, it's very visual. You can look at it very quick in a glance. You're not like, you know, going through spreadsheet after spreadsheet. So um, I agree. I use uh, QuickBooks myself. Um, This is not sponsored by QuickBooks. (laughs) That's true. Um, So how do you set up? How do you pick like what kind of year you're going to use? Like year Year end end or seasonal? Yeah, how do people pick? So... uh, Back back in the old days, uh, there were a lot of fiscal year-end. So a fiscal year-end is a year-end other than December 31st. Okay. So that's what we call a fiscal year-end. Everyone else, uh, December 31st is what we call a calendar year-end, right? Okay. So you're on a calendar year-end because your year-end ends in December 31st, the same as a calendar. So I would say probably 95% of businesses nowadays are on a calendar year-end. Mm-hmm. Not, not because they want to be. It's just that the tax laws make it beneficial to be a December 31st year-end. Yeah, end. we switched. When we you first know? started, we were... Yeah, you're probably a fiscal year end, like yeah. September 30th or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, with the tax laws, with the pass-through entities, right, the S-corporations, yep. the limited liability companies, the single-member LLCs, uh, all those pass-through entity returns, um, uh, to make it in sync with your calendar year end, it makes it a lot easier. You don't have to do this additional tax return. We have some clients of ours that are uh, fiscal year end, September 30th, October 31st yep. year ends. We have to prepare an additional tax return for them. And if there's a profit, then they have to make they have to put additional money on reserve with the IRS, sort of a, a prepayment of taxes yeah. with the IRS. But if you really don't need it, as far as your seasonality is concerned, December 31st works really well. It's just that you have to be on board. You have to know what your numbers are. Because come December 31st, you, you want, we don't want to be reactive. Now is, it, now is the time of year, you know, and during, during the fall is a great time of year to do tax planning. Well, that was my last question. <laughs> um, so what are the benefits of getting your taxes done early or being prepared early? Are there any benefits? I know everybody likes to put it off because everybody's afraid that they're going to have to pay taxes, so they wait yeah. for the last day. Um, 
what 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 are your thoughts around that? So so my question is this, right? If you're afraid to pay the taxes, but you don't know what the taxes are, wouldn't you want to know what the tax bill is <laughs> so then you can prepare for it, right? Yeah. You know, it, it, the worst the worst part of the unknown is the unknown. Is unknown. Right? Because once it's known, then you can work toward it. You know what I mean? So so uh, October, November, December, you should know where your projected tax where your profit is projected to be come December 31st, right? If you have good information, you got good historical information, uh, we normally should run a, a nine-month profit and loss statement. We should be able to project out October, November, and December, or uh, November and December, if you have 10 months worth of information. We should be able to project those out based on prior year historical data as well as your current year. If this year is running 10% above last year, well, then it's reasonably to assume that October, November, or December are going to be running 10% above. Yeah. You put those into the numbers. You put those into the calculation. Now you look at your year end and say, all right, you are, you're projected to have X. Either it's a loss or a profit. And if you're, to pro if you're projected to have that profit this year um, or in subsequent years, okay, what are you going to do about it? Do you want to pay the tax on it? Or do you have some purchases? Do you have some investments? Machinery, equipment, vans, trucks. I just bought a van. Computers. There you go. <laughs> bought a van. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> the dealers love you, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> um, and the state of Rhode Island. Did you get a thank you letter from uh, from Governor McKee? No. You paid your sales tax, didn't you? Um, he didn't send, well, you, the, well, he didn't send they, you a hallmark? I literally, when I say I literally just bought it. Okay. It's not even registered yet. Like right. I bought it like four days ago. The hallmark, ago. The, the, let, the thank you oh. cards in the mail. Oh, okay. I heard it sends, <laughs> sends thank you cards for everyone who purchases large purchases. Nice. State of Rhode Island coffers, 7%. Nice. Awesome. Um, so, so tax projections and tax planning is so critical, right? Because if you're going to make that large purchase, do, do, you, do you buy it this year in the current year you're in? Or do you wait till next year? Because sometimes you're better off waiting until next year. Let's say you have enough write-offs this year to yep. zero out that tax bill. You bought enough vans this year. Yep to zero out that tax bill. Well, then let's make that purchase effective in January. January. Let's get that right off in January, you know? Um, and, and then getting your taxes done early, right? So uh, the best clients that we have, the most profitable clients that we have, or the ones who really understand their numbers, have all their information in to us by January 31st. Some right out of the gate, January 5th, January 6th, we have tax information. We're doing working. Their banking online. We're, yeah, doing their banking online. Because I'm like, how are they doing their bank, bank rec? I want to know. Oh, yeah. Bank, state, <laughs> bank statements are downloaded. They're doing the bank recs online. Okay. Come January 5th, we, we're, we're starting to work on, we're working on corporate tax returns. We, we are finishing up corporate tax returns on January 5th, believe it or not. That's okay? awesome. We are. Um, why? You finish it up in January. You have February, March, April. You have two and a half months. You have 10 weeks to figure out how to pay that tax bill. If you want to pay it, Instead of if not tax minute, planning, right. okay, put money away for retirement, buy the equipment, um, stock up on, on, on goods and necessities that you think you're going to need. Um, if you're a cash basis, you can prepay a lot of stuff as well. Uh, if you're on a cash basis yeah. accounting. So there's a lot of tax strategies to mitigate that tax bill. If you want to pay, if I you want to mitigate the, it. the, the, uh, Utilities are going up, right? Didn't they go up this month? Oh, Electric yeah. and gas. Oh, yeah. So you can yeah. prepay those folks. Um, you, you could. You, yep. Uh, and I, I believe, too, um, charities. I think, you know, giving back to your community, I think, is also important. So what's the max you can do on a charity from a business? Uh, most most businesses are pastoral entities or S corporations okay. and LLCs. So whatever they do, do donate from the from the business flows through your personal tax return. Okay. And then if you itemize your deductions, well, then it'll become an itemized deduction. 
Okay. Uh, but most when when they took away the not took away, but when they increased the standard deduction on a personal level, and uh, and they the single is like almost thirteen thousand dollars, and married is almost twenty six thousand dollars. When they increased that, originally we thought that maybe a lot of charitable contributions would go away because there's not as much tax benefit to those charitable okay. contributions. Uh, but we're actually, we're seeing the exact opposite. Most people donate to charities because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, they really want to help out that charity that they have near and dear to their heart. Yep. And uh, so a lot of the charities are not being affected with the tax law, which is good. Thank God uh, they're not being affected. So charitable contributions are still just as strong as they, they, they were in the past. Um, and it is good. We do see a lot of charitable contributions for our clients. Okay. So uh, before we wrap it up, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick fire questions. <laughs> Is a gym membership tax deductible? No. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Country club, no. How about uh, clothing, uniforms? Are those tax deductible? Well, you said two things, clothing and uniforms. Okay. Is that clothing you're wearing, uniform? This is not, but we do have school uniforms. Okay, there you go. So there's a big difference, right, in tax law between uniforms mm-hmm. and then regular clothing. So a uniform is something that you wouldn't ordinarily wear out, okay, okay or something with a company name embroidered on it or something like that. That is a uniform, fully deductible. Okay. So a lot of times uh, we'll see clients that they go purchase their whatever they're purchasing their polos at Macy's and stuff. So we're, we're questioning them. They're, Gee, uh, would you buy at Macy's? Oh no, Anthony. You know, I bought uh, I bought five uh, five or ten polos. We're having them embroidered. Okay, that becomes a uniform. Okay, deductible. Um, but regular clothing, suits, ties, dresses, uh, pants, uh, dry cleaning, uh, none of those uh, dry cleaning expenses for regular ordinary clothes that you can mm-hmm. wear out are deductible. Okay. As far as travel entertainment, you know, the IRS split those apart, right? So no longer it's meals and entertainment, no longer travel entertainment. Mm-hmm. Entertainment piece of uh, is completely separate and non-deductible, all right? Meals is deductible. Travel is deductible. So if you if you have a meal, you take out a client, you take out a prospective meal's client. Meal is like a $30 steak, not 30, a $200 lobster. Well, even <laughs> it, it, I guess it's a, it must be a hell of a big lobster for a $200 well, lobster. Well, I don't lobster. know. Well, maybe nowadays, inflation, maybe, maybe it maybe is. Maybe there's 10 of them at $20 each. Mm. So you can't always go by the total. Yeah. Right? But then again, that meal is deductible as long as there's a business purpose and a business intent there. Okay. And you should probably have that documented, uh, whether it's in your Outlook calendar or you're on the receipt, whatever, document it, right? But, so the meals are deductible, but the entertainment is not. Okay. Okay? So you can eat. We can't have fun. Okay. Okay. Um, best advice for those who are running out of a uh, home office because oh, a lot yes. of people yeah. are doing that. So that's yeah. probably not really a quick fire question. That's but so true, Erica. Nowadays, uh, with, with all these, yeah. with all these startup, all the gig workers, um, all these, all these home office uh, people who are working out of their home, and legitimately so, the IRS has two ways that you can write off your home. Right, they have a safe harbor. Uh, which is five dollars per square foot times 150 uh, 150 square feet, uh, so you can write write that off over there, um, or you can use your actual expenses. Right, so you got to allocate your home office, okay. the office space that you're u- utilizing, whether it's ten by ten, ten by twelve, whatever it is, 120 square feet, 180 square feet, or all larger, whatever it is, divided by the total square footage of your home. From there, now whatever that percentage comes to, let's say it comes to ten percent, ten percent of your heat, ten percent of your electric. 10% of your internet, 10% of your water, your sewer, rubbish removal. For any large, uh, uh, there are some certain cities and towns that have to pay for rubbish removal, yeah. right? Um, and any other expenses that you have for your entire home, okay? 
landscaping, maintenance, septic removal, uh, sewer bill, 10% of all that's deductible. So your office and home deduction could be your most valuable asset if you're running out of your home. And then don't forget mileage. Mileage for your yep. for these self-employed uh, individuals is huge. Okay. You know, 50-something cents a mile, depending on what year you're in, uh, 58 cents a mile for last year. Um, and it, it's huge. It, you know, 20,000 miles it gives you yeah. a, a $10,000 tax yeah. deduction. It's big. Awesome. What's your favorite kind of ice cream? Chocolate chip. All right. That's it. This is Practical Biz Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Thank you. (laughs) We are a business coaching and consulting team providing business owners with the tools, advice, and strategy they need to grow and expand their business. Thank you for tuning in to Practical Biz Podcast.